Let's look at John chapter 15. Jesus says, I am the true vine. The word is the true vine. And my father is the husbandman who kind of trims the vine and keeps it healthy. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he, God, taketh away. So you're in a once saved, always saved doctrine. And you don't really have to do anything between now and the time Jesus returns and he wants you to be happy. So go out and marry divorced women, men. Go out as divorced women and remarry. Do what you want to do. Live as homosexuals, lesbians. Do all these things which are opposite to the teaching in the New Testament and see what happens to you. Don't you think you're going to be pruned and cut away and destroyed by God? Well, if you don't think that, just disappear. Because Jesus says, every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he, fruit, God taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring more fruit. So even if we're bearing fruit, he's going to trim us up a little bit to make us healthy so that we can bring forth even more fruit. He may make us healthy by expanding the word to us. It has been expanded to me recently. I've had certain scriptures called to my attention which are greatly affecting what I do on this earth. One of them is in Titus chapter 3 where it says, After the first and second admonition, reject them. They come to me all the time saying they are Christians and they do things which are against the Bible, against the scriptures. And they have no idea they're doing that. Well, I can warn them once or twice, but don't keep teaching them after that. Reject them. Here's an example of that. I had a, a friend years ago, Catholic woman. I went down to Barnes & Noble and looked in the Bible, the Catholic Bible, to see if they put this scripture in the Bible. Jesus said, call no man father. I wanted to see if the Catholics put that in their Bible. I wouldn't have put it in their Bible if I'd have been a Catholic, but they did. They put the same scripture on that subject, call no man father. They put that scripture in the Catholic Bible. Pam Paget pointed out to me, well, uh, one thing they do in the Catholic Church very often is tell you not to read the Bible. <laughs> so, of course, they could put it in their Bible and tell their people not to read it. Because they do exactly the opposite. They instruct their people to call their minister's father. And Jesus says, don't do it. Call no man father. So anyway, they don't go by that scripture. And many other Protestant people don't go by scripture either. What's going to happen? They're going to be pruned Either if they are kept by God in the church, the real church, he will teach them. And as he teaches them, he's going to give them information to show them how to modify their behavior so they bring forth even more fruit and save themselves. And what he brought to me is that passage recently in Titus chapter 3. 
Don't keep trying to teach these people. Once you've shared with them and warned them one time, don't keep trying to teach them. I used to keep trying to teach them. I would think, well, I just explained it wrongly, and I'd explain it another way, and another way, and another way, and give them another teaching, and another teaching, and another scripture, when they wouldn't even follow the simple first one of calling no man father. What this woman do with the message I had? She was in Phoenix at the time I sent her the message, and I was in Lubbock, where we both lived. She didn't say a thing about the message of call no man father for about three weeks. And then I got an email from her saying, thank you for your message. She came back to Lubbock and every once in a while she'd tell me about going to church, the Catholic church. See, she didn't do the message. She went right back to the Catholic church and called those men father. This is when I should have walked away, but That scripture in Titus had not been illuminated to me at that point in time. I continued to try to help her, to conform herself to the Bible. Today, I would not do that. After the first and second admonition, walk away from them, knowing that they are subverted and sinneth being condemned of themselves, Titus chapter 3. So let's look at this again. John chapter 15. Jesus says, I am the true vine. I, the word, am the true vine. And my father is the husbandman who's going to trim it up. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, God taketh away. He'll just remove you. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may be brought forth, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. If you obey the word, it's sort of like taking your car to the car wash. You get on those tracks. As long as the car stays on those tracks, it gets soap and water on it and gets washed off and rinsed and cleaned. But if the car should jump the tracks, it doesn't. So if you do the word, which, you, which Jesus has spoken to you, and you keep doing it, then you're his disciple indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. That's John chapter 8. But what if you just read it and go on and watch your television program and don't do a word, and you don't think about it again, and you don't do anything that it says you deceive your own self by hearing the word and failing to do it. I received an email from a woman who told me oh, a whole bunch of problems. And she had a problem with somebody in her childhood. And she had a problem with this and that. And she's my age, at least. I'm 82. And she told me all these problems she was having. And then at the end of her email, she said, would you do a teaching on forgiveness? Could you do a teaching on forgiveness? Well, yes, I could, if that's what God wanted me to do. But what God said to me is her problem is she doesn't bring her prayers to God and cast all of her concerns upon God. She doesn't do Philippians chapter 4. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your 
requests being made known unto God. She doesn't do that, and that's her problem. So I communicated that to her. See, she heard the word of God for all of these years, 45, 50 years. She's been going to church, hearing the word of God, but not doing it. And I had a cousin who did exactly the same thing. She was 97 years old. And she'd been in Church of Christ since she was a baby. And very faithful to the Church of Christ, always attending church. She wrote to me and said, Oh, I do well in the day, but at evening I just get so lonely. And I was very excited because I had the answer for her. To turn her from the loneliness. I said, Oh, here's what you do is... When you begin to feel pulled down in the evening, turn to God and just say, please, God, help me. Help me that I not be lonely tonight. And I gave her Philippians 4, 6. About a week later, she wrote to me and she said, I do very well in the day, but in the evening I get so lonely. She wasn't doing the word of God. I just left her alone from that point on. I don't even know if she's still living. She probably isn't. I walked away. No more would I have to do with this cousin. If she did write me, she lives in another city several hundred miles from where I now live. She can't hear. She's totally deaf. So she has to communicate by writing. If she sends me another letter at this point in time, I most likely will just tear it up and throw it in the garbage because she will just pull me down with her disobedience and with her troubles. I'm not going to go down with her. I once told my mother, you can go down, but I'm not going to go with you. And my mother straightened up. She said, I don't want you to go down. Well, from that point on, she changed. So you just can't let them drag you down. You must walk away after the first and second admonition reject. So Jesus says, Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken to you. God speaks, Jesus speaks to us by the Holy Spirit of Jesus, by the Holy Spirit of God. He brings to our memory everything that he said in the scriptures. He gives us, they give, God gives us dreams, and Jesus will remind us of a dream by the Holy Spirit so that we know what to do. Sometimes we're just reminded of a scripture. A few days ago, I thought, well, maybe I've gone too far in kind of mocking this person who was a false Christian. Maybe I've gone too far. And God reminded me instantaneously of Elijah, who mocked the false prophets of Baal. And I laughed because I thought, no, I didn't go too far. I, I was acting as a prophet. I was doing what Elijah did. I didn't cut the head off of this person. If Elijah had been there, he would have cut the head off of the person that I was dealing with. So see, it's the Holy Spirit that brings us the word that we need at that moment to show us the way of God, whether or not we're going in the way of God. And I was by mocking that false Christian who dared to tell me that he was a minister. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you, says Jesus. John chapter 15. Abide in me. Live in me. Live in that word. Think about it in the mornings when you get up. Think about it at night when you go to bed. Did I actually do this scripture that I was given? Did I do it? 
The current one that I have in front of me is Proverbs chapter 1. I'm still working on that. And I have worked on it now for a month or so. Proverbs chapter 1. If sinners entice you, consent thou not. And these sinners are in the churches. If they entice you, teach me more, teach me more, teach me more. When they won't do what you've taught them, don't agree with them. If sinners in the churches entice you, consent thou not. Walk not thou in the way with them. Refrain your foot from their path. Don't go where they're likely to be. Just don't do it. For their feet run to evil. They run from person to person, church to church, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth, dragging down whichever person will allow them to let them pile their troubles on them. Well, I'm not doing that anymore. I once did it, but I'm not doing it anymore. We are nearing the return of Jesus. The messages are very different today than they were 40 years ago. 40 years ago, the things God gave me were information on prosperity and good success on this earth by meditating in the scriptures. Today, he is giving me information on getting yourself ready for the return of Jesus. The message 40 years ago is not the same message of today. Today's message is Jesus is coming. Get yourself ready so that when he comes, you will be living in peace without spot and blameless and how to do it. That's the message of the moment. It is also a message that Antichrist comes in the form of the Christians or the people who say they're Christians. Many, Jesus says, will come in my name saying, I am Christ and will deceive many. Take heed, therefore, when they come saying they are Christians. Take heed. Let them produce the evidence to you that fully persuades you that they are seeking God, following God, obeying scriptures. That's what real Christians do. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me. Live in that word. Do that word. See, it's a thing of hearing and not doing that destroys a person, for they think they're all right. They go to church. They've been baptized in water. They do things that their church tells them to do. They may even sign up on a list to go out and visit the sick or something, thinking that they're doing the work of God when it was not God who told them to do it. These are individual-specific instructions given by the Holy Spirit. It's not a list on the bulletin board for you to sign up to. One of the most amazing stories that I've ever heard happened to Pam Padgett, a member of the body of Christ with whom I now have a room in her house, and she helps me. This happened to Pam when she was a young woman. She was a new Christian had been a Catholic, and God told her to, uh, he, he brought the word of God to her, and she knew she couldn't stay in the Catholic church. So she went to a non-denominational church. In that non-denominational church, 
a woman in the singles class was going to marry this man. And this was a twice-divorced woman. And Pam took the word of God to her. If you, as a divorced woman, marry, according to the Bible, you will commit adultery. You'll find that in Mark chapter 10 if you want to look at it. She said to Pam, I don't care what the Bible says. Pam was shocked. Pam took it to the man she was going to marry and told him, if you marry a divorced woman, according to the Bible, you commit adultery, Matthew 5.32. He said, well, I'll think about it. But he went right on with the wedding. She took it to the maid of honor who was in the singles class, and she said, if they marry, this will be adultery. And the, single, the woman who was going to be the maid of honor said, I know it will be adultery, but I, I know they'll marry anyway, so I'm going to go ahead and be the maid of honor. I heard that word, be not partaker of other men's sins, keep yourself pure. After Pam did this, something happened. At the main service, the 11 o'clock service, the singles class always sat together. So Pam went to the place in the auditorium where the singles were going to wait, where they sat. And none of them showed up. She turned around and looked, and they were sitting in another place. So the next time she went to the 11 o'clock service, she went and sat at that place. And they sat at another place away from her. The third time she went to the 11 o'clock service, they were seated there, and she went and sat down by them. Every one of them got up without a word and moved away from where Pam was sitting. Poor Pam, she's a very modest person and humble person, and she cried out to God, What have I done wrong? I've done something wrong. What is it? Later, a woman in that church came to her and said, God wants you to know that he sees what they're doing to you and that you did the right thing by telling them what you told them. Well, everything went along for a while. She didn't go to the singles class, but she continued in the main auditorium class or the main service, the 11 o'clock service. They had a note on the bulletin board where the singles class was going to go minister to people in another city in Oklahoma. So Pam signed up to go. <laughs> this is the funniest story. This is, I believe Pam said September. It's hot in September in Oklahoma. They went on one of those yellow school buses with no air conditioning. And here are these people that can't stand Pam. <laughs> Want nothing to do with her. So she gets on the bus and she sees a woman who is sitting alone, and this woman is weeping. Pam was going to go sit by her. But another woman sat by her before Pam could get there, and I don't know, I guess Pam kind of sat alone. When they got to whatever city it was in Oklahoma where they were going to minister, they assigned them housing, and three of them were at the house where Pam was, including her, one of three. And here was the woman who was crying on the bus. Her name was Linda Moore. She later became a person in our church group. So Pam knew her, very, became very good friends with Linda. Anyway, they had this third woman who was, did not want to be at the house where Pam and Linda were. 
She wanted to be with the other women at other houses. And at one point, Pam thought, well, what are we supposed to do to minister? And she went to somebody, another woman in the ministry group, and said, what is it we're supposed to do as a, to minister to these people? And this other woman said, I don't know. <laughs> Nobody knew what they were supposed to do once they got there on their ministry trip. This foolishness is exactly what I see in churches all the time. I've made a similar mistake. When I was a new Christian, I was in a prayer group. And this is absolute insanity, but was great fun. We were going about delivering houses, delivering, casting devils out of houses. People, devils don't live in houses. They live in people. (laughs) But we had so much fun doing it. We got to go. I lived in Dallas at that time, and we got to go to this big mansion, which was owned by the owner of the Dallas Cowboys. (laughs) And we got to go throughout his whole house casting devils out, which didn't exist. Nonsense, foolishness. But we got to go eat lunch together after we cast the devils out of his house. So it was great fun. It's total nonsense. Well, anyway, Pam said uh, uh, in this thing, well, nobody knew what they were supposed to do in ministering at this church that they went to in Oklahoma. But uh, they just sang a few songs and got on the school bus and came home. (laughs) It was about 200 miles through that heat. Each direction. One direction was 200, then 200 back on this school bus with these hostile people from the singles class at the church. And this one person that they had somehow done something to, and Pam became friends with this one person, Linda Moore. Well, this stuff is nonsense. Jesus says, abide in me, in his word, what he tells you to do. A man came into our house a week ago to an exterminator and he just talked about God and all this and he at one point said to me well just pray that maybe the mice will move to a neighbor's house a neighbor that you hate and I said well I don't hate any of my neighbors this is a man who says he's a Christian then he identified himself that he was a minister that he went around on a ministry trip where he went from city to city, and he wanted to name the cities. And I said, wait a minute. How did God reveal to you that you are a minister? He was just thunderstruck. He stood there and kind of scratched his head for a minute. And then he said, I don't know. Well, I'm going to tell you that if you are a minister and sent on a ministry trip by God, he somehow revealed to you that you are a minister and to go and do this thing. This man couldn't tell me. I had point blank said, I'm not even sure you're a Christian coming in here speaking to us the things that you have spoken, and I seriously doubt that you are any form of a minister of God. Later, I thought he might be a minister of Baal, Abide in me, says Jesus, in the word I give you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without 
me, ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered, and men gather them up and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. Thank you very much for allowing me to speak this to you today.